Welcome everyone to Stepping Into Your Leadership. I'm your host, Christine Courtney. Our goal here is to give you some actionable takeaways that will help you lead your teams. Thanks for joining us on this leadership journey. Let's get started. I have a disclaimer for this episode. So here's the fine print. I had some audio issues, but we decided to go ahead and still release it because Greg is brilliant in it. So forgive me as I learn this new system and I appreciate you listening. Hello, fellow leaders. It's Christine Courtney back again with one of my favorite people. Greg Shammy is in the house. Hello, Greg. Hi, everybody. And Greg is sharing his forte. Like Greg has a lot of fortes and I know I compliment him probably way too much (laughs) on this, (laughs) but one of his fortes that we send him in as he, you really are a doctor for delivering dynamic presentations. I just gave you a, a doctor title. Dr. Shammy. Dr. Shammy. Dr. Shammy goes in and people who need help doing their sales pitches, who need help delivering better presentation skills to teams, to clients, he's your man. And uh, not only that, we have him do a lot of stuff within our company where he's up talking a lot. And he's so fun and vulnerable and a combination of all the things he's going to talk about today. So we're going to talk about uh, everybody's favorite topic, delivering dynamic presentations. And if you want to get better at it, or you want to know why you should try to get better at it, this episode and the next episode are for you. So this episode, we're going to talk about the why of delivering dynamic presentations, like why you should study it, why you should get your teams to get better at it, uh, why it's important. And then the next episode, if you're ready for it, then we're going to get into the how. So the nitty gritty of some of the tips of the trade that Greg and others teach to get better at it. So if you like this episode, then listen to the next episode to get some tips and tricks. All right. So To start us off on delivering dynamic presentations, we always know that this is something that scares a lot of people, right? A lot of you listening get a little bit stomach shaky when you hear that you have to do some sort of presentation, right? And even I I was just looking at it, Greg, in preparation for this, that the National Institute of Mental Health says 73% of the population, okay, again, 73% of the population suffers from, and I don't even think you knew that this was the thing because I did it, glossophobia. If I'm saying that wrong, people, you can write that in the, what would it be? How do people write? the Comments. The, comments. <laughs> yeah. um, if I'm saying it wrong, I'm showing my age. <laughs> if I am saying it wrong, you can write in the comments how to say it, but it's glossophobia, which is the fear of public speaking. And I can't even believe I didn't know that there was a word, a term for fear of public speaking because it's so prevalent. And so that is really the basis of why the need for training and for preparation that everybody needs to overcome, or at least 73% of us need to overcome the fear and kind of improve our confidence. So that's what we're going to hopefully help 73% of you. And if you're the other percent and I can't even do the 27 27 there you go there you go 27 percent then you don't you can go listen to somebody else right now but right now we're gonna help those of you who want to get better at it so also 
you know, there's a retention piece to this. So according to the study, University of Missouri said that the audience retains 20% more information when they watch a live presentation compared to reading the same. So you want to get better at presenting live than just sending emails about what you do or sending stuff that you think people are going to read, because I bet you that that statistic is going down and down and down as social media becomes even more prevalent in lives with generations. So I love it, Christine. I'm going to jump in right away because I love that statistic about the 73% of us being scared of stepping into the spotlight. I would even bet that it's higher than that from what I see. And one of my favorite quotes from Mark Twain is there are two types of speakers, those that are nervous and those that are liars. So we all get nervous. That is the beauty of it. And tons of the work I do with folks is around, first of all, normalizing the fact that we get nervous and that our body expresses that in so many different ways. My palms get sweaty. My heart starts to pound. I'm so nervous to have all these eyes on me that my whole system starts to shut down. And when that happens, we have to have strategies and techniques to be able to ground ourselves, to help our breathing become fluid and support ourselves, really just also mentally visualize and set ourselves up for success so that when we step into that spotlight, we know we're able to bring our best selves. Yes. Okay. So we've got to give the audience a little bit of clue of your background and where you're coming from on this, because Greg came to this probably earlier on in his life than many folks. So why don't you give them a little background? Because I don't know that we've ever talked about it. The Greg Shammy background. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So sports all my life. And then I got to college and I decided that I, I knew I wasn't going to be a professional athlete. So I always wanted to act. So I started acting. And I fell in love with it and ended up getting my master's in educational theater and falling in love with the leadership program and doing all this great work in leadership development. But it was all based on what I had learned in working in an ensemble, on the stage, in theater, and so on. And so I found that teaching and being able to step into any kind of presentation was all about this performance-based art. And so it was very similar. And so I've been able to take a lot of the skills that I've developed and learned over the years and transfer them to folks so that they can just do exactly that, step into the spotlight and deliver excellence. Yeah. I mean, the name of this podcast is Stepping Into Leadership, <laughs> right? Because the whole point that I have that feeling of when I want to step back and I know in my gut, it's time to step forward, that I have a little mantra where I'm like, all right, Christine time to step into leadership, like get yourself out there because there is always that fear that kind of, or lack of confidence that sometimes kicks in that makes me want to be like, mm, let me just step back for a little while. And so this is really the essence of stepping into leadership can be seen when you're having to give these presentations. So Greg comes from the theater. He's also, you may have seen him on many TV commercials. He's been on stages, television, film, and very most famously as what were you, one of the Fruit of the Loom guys on the um, side of the road with the placard no, in New York City? I can't believe you're pulling Something up that like story. That? That's hysterical. Yes. A long time ago, I, I definitely was handing out flyers wearing a, a big grape outfit with a stem on my head down in Wall Street, handing them out for 20 bucks an hour and uh, for uh, the wine bar, for the wine bar. 
<laughs> that I worked no, at not, the time. <laughs> not fruit of the loom. Not fruit of the loom. But <laughs> Just the funniest that. part of that is that uh, I someone I caught someone taking a picture of me, and I was like, "Sorry, who are you taking a picture for?" And she's like, "Actually, I'm I'm a location scout. Uh, we're looking for a location for Woody for a Woody Allen movie." And I was like, "Well, I'm an actor. Can I can I give you my headshot?" <laughs> Actually, you just took a picture of my headshot. Can you get me a? Can you get me an audition? <laughs> Did it work? No. <laughs> well, you know what? Good for you for trying. Talk about stepping into your leadership in your grape outfit. Um, so if Greg can do that, he can do this. No, All right. That's so let's jump in. Why is it important, Greg, to either train yourself or train your staff in these presentation skills? We know that it translates into better performance and to better communication and communication skills are still you know, so ranked highest of almost anything when people are looking for who to hire, but what, why, why else? I mean, I just think about the best speakers that I've come across, whether it's one-on-one, whether it's in a presentation, whether it's somebody pitching, you know, their product or what have you, I'm always like blown away by their authenticity, their ability to bring their best pieces of themselves to those moments, their ability to connect with the audience, with the whoever they're talking to, and how that can light me up as the listener, as the audience, and inspire me. And so, you know, this question of why, I mean, if thinking about our company, we have to go out every day and interact with people. And so I want to be able to bring, again, my best self to every interaction that I have, let alone if I have to make a presentation or share what we do, I want it to be as engaging, as dynamic, as interesting, as brief <laughs> as possible, yeah. right? A lot of times people go on and on and, you know, brevity is the soul of wit. And so, yeah, figuring out those elements and how do you do it best? Like, what are your special ingredients? What's your special sauce? And how do you bring that to the spotlight? I know people bring you in. I know because they've written me letters to say how great you are and how much you've even increased their sales numbers. And then they keep bringing you back to coach those folks. When you go in, how do you find your special sauce? The thing that makes you unique that you want to bring out? How do you find that for people? Because I think sometimes for myself anyway, it took me a long time to figure that out. I think I was looking at other people going, oh, they're good. I want to be like that. I want to be like this. But I I couldn't necessarily figure it out in myself. How how does one do that? It's a great question. And I think it has to do with believing that each person has something to offer, right? And I really do believe that. And I feel like when people are presenting content that they feel they need to either get somebody to like or buy or give money towards or what have you, they get very focused on the content and then they get nervous. And so those elements mixed together can make for a pretty like boring presentation. That's fascinating. So what I think what I'm hearing you say is that like people think, and I can hear myself in this, think that the content is what's going to persuade them when really people are buying you. Correct. They're, they're, Right. Yes, by a hundred percent. So we work with a bunch of portfolio managers, and their job is to share their fund strategy, the team that's going to be investing the money into that vehicle. And at the end of the day, at the end of that forty-five minute meeting, I want you to walk out of there and go, "Okay, Greg, 
I get him. He's got very authentic energy. He's on point. He's smart. He knows what he's talking about. He's humble. He's hungry. You know, he's all these elements that are going, and it it all came across in the way he spoke to me. Got a sense of what he's passionate about, what lights him up. I've got a sense of the stories of how they overcame challenges and how they succeed. And that's what I want to be a part of. That's I want to walk out of there and go, I'm, I'm putting my money into Greg and his team. Right. That he's smart that I trust him with my money or whatever it whatever, is. Right? Whatever it is. Yeah. My ideas. Yeah. Okay, great. So what do you think are the elements when you go in and you're talking to people, give them a little hint, like what are some of those elements that you think are important to really good presentation skills, making them more dynamic? Well, I mean, the first thing that always comes up for me is that that's that where we have like 10 to 15 seconds to capture someone's attention. So that opening like moment is so important not to put more pressure on me, but it does make me think when I'm preparing, how do I want to open? Right. And how do I want to grab the audience authentically? Like, cause it can't be forced. So even if I prepare it, it still has to be authentic and based on me trusting myself to be in the moment with that person, even though I have Mm -hmm. my material prepared. That's why when we're working on presentations and pitches and so on, we try and get the content down so much so that I can then walk into any situation, be with the person or the group or what have you, and get the feeling of how I'm going to tell the story differently this time based on that interaction. Does that make sense? Yes. You know, it's interesting, Greg. I think a lot of people think of presentation skills as very formal. Like, are they going to be on the stage? Are they going to have, you know, the they're a TED Talk that they're doing, something like that. But actually, there's a lot of ways that presentation skills come up all the time in like very, what seems to be impromptu situations. Can you explain, because you see those so much in our clients and in our own staff, like what are some examples of all the other places that people focusing on presentation skills could actually help them in their lives? Uh, Well, I mean, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is just being able to lead a meeting effectively. So I know we do a whole uh, series of workshops on effective meetings and impact leading impactful meetings, but it, it does have to do with presentation skills. And so how are you preparing? How are you framing the session so that people know what you're going to say uh, before you say it? And then how are you wrapping it up in a way that's really effective and has action steps towards going to get things done, right? So whatever it is, you really have to have presentation skills to be able to facilitate, to be able to lead effectively. And obviously, I'm fascinated with facilitation. Obviously, that's what I do. As an expert facilitator, I'm always breaking down the key elements to, you know, how do you create a psychologically safe space for people to come together, even in a 30-minute meeting, and be able to get X, Y, and Z accomplished and walk out feeling motivated and excited to go after what they need to do based on that 30-minute meeting. That is not an easy, it involves a lot of skills to be able to lead that effectively. And to me, it comes back to presentation skills. Yeah, that's great because presentation can also be interactive. It doesn't have to be you're just the sage on the stage, right? You also can bring things out more effectively in a meeting. Um, That's a great one. And also meetings, I mean, my God, there's crazy statistics on meetings and how people find them like the worst thing ever. It's like, you know, that famous book by Patrick Lencioni, uh, Death by Meeting. So true. Uh, People hate meetings so much. And yet they also crave 
really good opportunities to communicate with each other. And that's what meetings should be, is a real time to come together and communicate about ideas and get better. And if you can get better at how you present stuff, that can also be interactive is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, absolutely. And again, the participant's voice in whatever session you're leading is the most important voice. And so how are you getting their voice into the space in a, in a way that's going to allow them to connect, like you're saying, to communicate, to feel empowered, and to get excited about whatever task needs to be accomplished or whatever you're unpacking. And so, again, that leadership if you're leading that meeting, for example, your presentation skills, the way you prepare, the way you set everything up based on your assessments is going to tell the tale whether you're effective or not. Um, so we do a lot of work with folks working on how to lead that, lead those kinds of meetings, whether they're internal or external effective. Great. What else? So meetings are one thing. Obviously, formal presentations are another. What's another place that people use this in their lives? I mean, I always say... Every time you're talking to someone or working with someone, it's an opportunity to work on the way you communicate, the way you present. And so I, we do a lot of work with uh, the voice and the breath and the body. So it's not just our, you know, a lot of times we get stuck in our heads, but we're so much more than that. Right. And so how do we activate the other elements of myself besides my thinking? And that's huge. And you know, having that mindset of every time I'm I'm working with anyone in any situation is an opportunity to build my presentation skills is a great mindset to really start developing your voice, your body connection to your audience and so on. And and so that's like, that's what comes up for me there. Yeah. You know, I've had a couple of places where it's come in very handy, the skills that you teach. I've had to do depositions in legal cases. That's a whole other podcast. Um, when I've done that, that's really nerve wracking. Like I had to go into the bathroom beforehand and like shake out my body, do some breath exercises, bring my voice down, you know, breathe and get to a place where I can calmly go in and pretend that I am completely confident in this situation, even though I was nervous of shaking. Also, I noticed my folks who, when we have executive staff meetings and they have to just report out on their goals. Oh my God. I feel like sometimes just saying, you know, cut and can we all go to our corners and prepare a little bit to come back and present this in a way that's dynamic and interesting and involves people and where I can see that you're confident or otherwise they're like, um, yeah, so this is how we did this time. I think, uh, can you pull up the, the data one more time? I haven't looked at this in a while and I just want to tear my hair out. So does everybody else to the point where we hate doing these goal meetings yet. They're the most important thing we do. If you do, uh, EOS is an entrepreneurial operating system. There are these rock meetings that you have these level 10 meetings. Many of you probably do this. And those meetings are the same. Like just imagine if someone put a little bit more energy and preparation into the, the way they presented, even in that meeting, right? It's the same thing as I was saying before, when we're put in the spotlight, somehow it minimizes our potential because we're nervous, because we're trying to get content across in an effective way. But it's really the biggest thing that's coming up for me here is break the box. If you can figure out a way to step out of your comfort zone in that uncomfortable zone, <laughs> that is it in a nutshell. Like even with what you're saying about, you know, 
team members presenting their goals and taking a little time out to just like set, reset and come back and do it more effectively, more dynamically. It's so important to be able to step out of that box that we're trying to be so good and it's limiting us. Where if we just creatively change it up a little bit and take a a risk, it's incredible what happens. It's incredible. I see it all the time with clients. I have a client, again, doesn't have theater skills or anything. So hasn't worked on breath support, hasn't worked on involving their body in their presentations and, you know, their whole thing. I had him having a presentation to his head of business and being traumatically nervous about that presentation. And yet we trained on it and trained on it and trained on it until he got to a place where he was like, okay, I'm ready for this. And he came back and said, you know, five minutes before it happened, I did the visualization that we did in the training session and it just grounded me. And I was able to go into that room with these higher executives and the CEO and I was able to deliver what I had prepared the best I had done it up to that point. That's why I always ask after somebody has presented, I always ask them, how did you do? How was it compared to how you practiced it? What was better? What was worse? Right? Because then we can start to see, okay, what happened to your instrument when you got into the spotlight? Something happened. So we need to know what happened that started to shut you down and so on. Right? And so then we can start to see those areas that are limiting us so that we can work on expanding those areas to then bring out our best selves. You know, one of the things that you do, I know, is that you, that scares people to death is you bring in uh, and you videotape them, right? And then you they watch themselves because your body gives you away. Even if you think in your brain that you're confident as ever, like you can get up there and your hands can be going crazy or do it, you know, not congruent with whatever you're saying. And then all people are focusing on is those crazy hands that are shaking or whatever. One time, I think I've told you this story, but one time I had to do that. I was, I went to, I have this business networking group that I'm a part of. We go to it. This woman's there. This is probably 10 years ago now. And she says, okay, who's going to be first to get up and give me, you know, two minutes pitch about their company, right? And these are all CEOs and they're so super confident with their companies. Many of them started it or, you know, their parents started them, whatever. They're like, oh, Christine will go because, you know, they know that I too was an actor in my old olden days. And uh, I'm always like, yeah, yeah, of course. In this group, of course I can do this, right? And I get up there to go and then we watch it back. And I think, oh, I did pretty good, you know? And everyone's like, oh, that was great. That was great. You know, because comparatively, I was, I'm pretty good at it. And then I watched the tape and I will never forget it as long as I live. It is such a powerful teaching tool. I watched that and she said, she said, okay, what did you see? What did you hear? And everybody's like, oh, it's good. You know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay. The problem was, is that she said, you have this infectious laugh, which I do, right? I would consider my laugh now in my old age a positive about me, right? However, she said it is. It is good. That laughter is nice. She said, but you're using it in that two minutes all the time. And so what happens is, is that it it's undermining you and you're not coming across as confident as you would be if you were able to use it maybe once or twice instead of all the time. Just be comfortable in the fact that you know what you have to say and it's enough. It's enough. You don't have to lighten it up. You don't have to make it a 
pleasing to everybody. You don't have to make it funny. It's enough. And boy, did that sit with me, Greg. So I thought, wow, here it is. I have finally come to the point in my life where this crazy big laugh of mine can bring people in, but it can also be a little much. And hearing it, I thought, yeah, it is a, it's something that is part of me, but I also have to be careful not to use it as a crutch. And that has really resonated with me. Like I have to remind myself of that. I love it. Yeah, it's so good. It's It's so important to know that even if I've had a tremendous amount of experience speaking that I'm always still, there's still areas for development and knowing what those areas are, having people share, you know, those kinds of tips that are, are so profound can be, can be transformative. And I, I love that. I mean, I, I mean, it doesn't matter how good you are. I could be phenomenal at coaching someone. If I'm preparing a speech, guess what? I got to practice. I got to break it down. I got to get feedback. I got to do it for you. You got to give me like, I, and I'm still going to be friggin' nervous before I step out, you know, and, and that's just, it's part of the equation. So it, it's really a learning journey. It's, it's very exciting learning journey. And to do it with, with care, right. And kindness. And I think that's really what you do is when you do this with people, they're very nervous about recording. So if you're out there going, okay, I'm bringing folks in, I'm recording them right away. You have to have a culture where it's held in a place where people feel safe, right? Or else they're just going to, you're going to have a lot of people out sick that day if they know it's coming. Yeah. I have, we work with great sales teams though, that do it with each other. They like role play with each other all the time. They tape them on their phones. They watch them back. They give each other notes on it. And those are some of the most successful teams that have that kind of psychological safety. Uh, if you want to listen to those episodes on why that's important, but have that psychological safety to practice, to role play, to get out there. And I know when you go in, you're so kind and caring and like fun with them that it loosens them up right away. And something that can be terrible, like taping you, you know, remember the old days when we were young and you'd record your voice on those old time tape recorders yeah. and you'd be like, that's not me. My voice doesn't sound like that. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah, it it's the works. same. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're watching or listening to yourself, it's excruciating. But it's very important because you can pick up and just your self-awareness can really increase in terms of what you're delivering. And so yeah. it's, it's, it's fascinating. Also, if you're someone, there's a lot of people that come to this naturally, right? We do workshops on the six types of working genius, and there's a lot of galvanizers, right, that are good at galvanizing their teams. That may come to you naturally, and you can still then lean into that strength. You know what I mean? Like, lean into that. However, there's a lot of people who may be more analytical types of leaders or people who are a little bit different in the way that they lead and then yeah get better at this too so that it's not something that you're absolutely afraid of because people find that people who are strong presenters are like perceived way more competent than their colleagues just because they're good at presenting and so you can get better at it like there are tips to this and there it's just about kind of learning them practicing them and getting more and more comfortable with them and then like you said take some risks yeah. take some risks to learn. That's how we learn, right? Is some of those small failures. Oh, 100%. Failure is key. And stepping out of the comfort zone is, is absolutely key as well. I'm excited to share. Yeah, there's a definite structure. So in the next, the next part of this, we'll look at some of the elements that we look at to help really structure an effective dynamic speech uh, presentation and, and or what have you. Great. 
Well, Greg, I can't wait. So listen to our next episode for more of the hows of delivering dynamic presentations. I hope that this episode got your taste buds ready for that and understanding the why this is so important and why these kinds of communication skills just make you a more well-rounded leader. Hey, everybody. Greg Shammy here. As we're closing out today's episode, I've got an awesome opportunity for your new managers and people leaders. Starting May 1st, our transformative eight-week online course called Leadership Learning Lab will kick off. In this course, managers will learn how to build trust and engage their teams, communicate more effectively, and empower themselves and others to achieve success. Imagine if early in your career you had learned how to master the art of impactful feedback, or how to navigate performance conversations with ease, and even how to delegate effectively. This course is an investment in your team to help your company grow and achieve ultimate success. It's an opportunity that will help your people transform their leadership skills in just eight weeks. Spots are limited. Pre-sale is open right now. This is a chance to get ahead and secure spots for your team members at a 10% discount. Use the code PRESALE, one word. Click on the link in the show notes for more info. And thank you so much for joining Christine today. I look forward to seeing your team in our leadership learning lab.